It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Happy Monday to each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you listening. Thank you. And uh, today you've got a purpose. Strive for excellence. Live with intention. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And thank you to this great team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting who are stepping in to bring truth and clarity to these issues. As we look at these issues as freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And ultimately, socialism comes down to force. And if something is a good idea, you should not have to force people to do that. And uh, we as conservatives, the word conserve means to conserve this idea of America's founding, that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And this, this foundation of this country is unique in all the societies of the world. And that is why America has become America. And certainly uh, we are in a big battle of ideas, and that is why we do this show, to help you understand these issues and uh, come to look at them with truth and clarity. Uh, Producer Steve, happy Monday to you. Uh, There you go. Well, you know, happy Monday. Can we enter that in the book of... uh, oxymorons like military intelligence and airline food (laughs) maybe we'll have to we'll have to revisit that that's for sure so uh, but be sure and check out my website that's kim munson m-o-n-s-o-n.com the recaps and podcasts of the shows are there you can actually just click on the picture it'll take you to the recap and the podcast and thank you for your patience because we have uh, we're upgrading uh, both our email server list as well as uh, the um host for our our website and all these things steve they take more time because there's one step that has to be accomplished before the next step and i do appreciate everybody's patience on this but the speeds are going to be faster and the service is going to be better and all those good things steve well i know you guys are busy i kind of feel like a third party just watching your like i'm watching a tennis match between you and (laughs) and, uh and zach who who does all our (laughs) website work well, yes, most definitely. So, But do sign up for our weekly email newsletter because you'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests as well as our most recent uh, Sounding Off with Kim Munson podcast and our most recent op-eds. And uh, we did not end up doing any new podcasts last week, and I think that maybe that's by design. So the lead podcast right now is that interview that I did with Trump's attorney, Professor John Eastman. And uh, be sure and listen to that. I am hearing more and more people have been going to that. It's one of those things. It's like, oh, I need to do that. But more and more people are doing that. And then they, you need to share that with your sphere of influence far and wide because it is only going to be shared organically because you can well imagine the mainstream media. To my knowledge, no one has done this interview like we have. 
and uh, we need to get that out there. It'll explain a lot of, it'll answer a lot of questions that you have. And then Rachel Gable, we had her on last week. She's an assistant editor at the Fence Post, so she's looking at rural issues. And there is an assault on rural Colorado like you would not believe. And she's written a very important piece, Stand in the Gap for Agriculture. And, of course, you probably all know that uh, the governor has proclaimed that March 20th is Meat Out Day. And uh, so we have all kinds of things planned, but it's highly recommending on the 20th that you have bacon for breakfast, chicken for lunch, chicken or pork for lunch. Uh, and uh, beef at uh, for dinner. I guess we need to add lamb in there as well. So just make sure you eat meat on the 20th of March. I would and like to see, to my, uh, uh, you know, those planes that tow signs over the stadiums and stuff. <laughs> on that particular day, beef, it's what's for dinner. I like that. I like that a lot. And you can email me at Kim at KimBunson.com as well. And thank you for your contributions to support our independent voice. And uh, we continue to exercise our right to freedom of speech. We had talked about there is a very dangerous piece of legislation going through the Colorado legislature right now, which would actually uh, require anybody with a digital platform to register with the Department of Regulatory Affairs. Of course, pay a fee for that. If you don't do that, it would be a $5,000 a day fine. And then they're going to monitor your speech. And so we are at the tip of the spear here in Colorado. I know a lot of people are moving, uh, but we have to stay and fight because they, they try it here and then they try to export it to other other states as well. And another way that this independent voice is on the radio is because of all of my wonderful sponsors. And uh, two of those, Hooters Restaurants located, uh, there's five locations actually in the metro area, Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Colorado Springs, and Loveland. And they have all kinds of specials. They are really... The, the specialist on wings, though, that is the, that is their bread and butter, if you will. And they did a few years ago, they, uh, bought this, these smokers from Europe and, uh, they smoke wings, which those are half the calories and they are so delicious. Now, we now realize after going through this whole COVID-19 Wuhan China virus reaction disruption, how for granted we've taken it to get together with friends and family. So Hooters Restaurants is a great place to get together. We're going to have March Madness. I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like exactly, but certainly this uh, it's a great place to get together to watch those games. And for more information about all their specials, go to my website, click on the Sponsor tab. That'll drop down and just click on the Hooters icon there, and that'll bring all that up. And then another great sponsor is Castlegate Knife and Tool. And they are located right here in Sedalia, Colorado. Uh, and if you uh, uh, take um, Santa Fe South from Littleton and all the way, you know, that's the road down to Castle Rock. Sedalia is uh, in between and uh, Castle Gate Knife and Tool is located there. And Hal and Linnea Van Herkey are real entrepreneurs. Started out as a knife and tool store. They now have a really cool um, uh, array of watches, as well as they're starting knife sharpening and then these custom AR-15 rifles. So check out Castlegate.com. That's Castlegate.com. And thank them for their, for your, for their sponsorship of the show, because that is how we stay on the air as well. Important show planned for you today. We'll talk about the bill of the day, which is uh, going after your Second Amendment rights. Senator Rob Woodward has a couple of uh, good pieces of legislation that he is proposing and could use our help on that today. There's a lot happening down at the State House today, and he'll be with us in the second segment. 
Of course, Jason McBride at the bottom of the hour. And then Andy Berger. We've had her on many times. Uh, she was trafficked as a child. And she's found a nonprofit, Beulah's Place, to help kids uh, that are in really difficult situations. And her predator uh, just passed on at the age of 91. And we're going to talk with Andy about that. Uh, she's an overcomer and her, her story of health and hope. But also we'll talk a little bit about what's happening down at the border as well. So our quote for today is from Barbara DeAngelis. And she's one of the most influential teachers of our time in the field of personal and spiritual development. For the past 35 years, she's reached tens of millions of people throughout the world with her inspirational message, messages about how to create a life of true freedom, mastery, and awakening. And, and I, doing this, I was thinking of overcomer quotes. And she said this, no matter what age you are or what your circumstances might be, you are special and you still have something unique to offer. Your life, because of who you are, has meaning. Remember that, each and every one of you, treasured and valued. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the bill of the day. Uh, this is House Bill 211106. It is concerning the st uh, safe storage of firearms. And it says the bill requires that firearms be responsibly and securely stored when they are not in use to prevent access by unsupervised juveniles and other unauthorized users. The bill creates the offense of unlawful storage of a firearm if a person stores a firearm in a manner that the person knows or should know that a juvenile can gain access to the firearm without the permission of the juvenile's parent or guardian, or a resident of the premises is ineligible to possess a firearm under state or federal law. It is going to be a class two misdemeanor and uh, basically, it says that firearms have to have a locking device on, on it. And I'm not quite sure how far this is going to go. But if, in fact, you are, um, let's say that you have a home invasion and uh, you have to unlock your firearm while the bad guy is at the door. Uh, actually, a firearm is the thing that will, will protect you against the bad guy. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand why legislators, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties do not want everyday people to have the right to be able to access firearms, to purchase firearms, and to have them readily available when they need them. And then Littleton here has enacted an unprecedented storage mandate for gun dealers and store owners that they cannot hope to comply with. And my friends, once again, this is a, a not-so-subtle way when we have local governments and state governments uh, start to enact these onerous laws or ordinances regarding gun ownership, which basically starts to take away the uh, access of everyday hardworking people to go and purchase a firearm so that they can have it in their home to protect themselves or uh, with their concealed carry permit to um, certainly carry it uh, in their vehicles to protect them with. It's becoming a more dangerous society out there. And um, these are these are actual assaults on our Second Amendment rights, Steve. Well, the, the Littleton portion of it, uh, definitely, that you can see it. You don't need glasses to see where that one's going. Now, the actual bill itself, uh, 1106, you know, we are a 
We used to be a culture of common sense, but it's gone or it's, you know, quickly evaporating. And you always have to kind of start weighing these things out because there's, you know, there's too many people out there with no common sense. And I'm not asking for more heavy handed government, but at the same time, there's a lot of people walking around or families who have been impacted negatively by, you know, a child who got a hold of a firearm. And I I just, this, this is another one of those, I guess, I just got to say, I don't know. Well, you know what, Steve, we all do know those stories and those are heartbreaking, but those are, are pretty few and far between because most everyone that, uh, there you go, that have legal firearms are very, very responsible with, with that. So what happens is those that want to take away your rights, talk about these outliers and we, we cannot discount, obviously, um, it's heartbreaking when we hear that these accidents occur, but those are few and far between. And so what the radical activist progressive left is doing is they're taking that, that issue, that outlier, and then what they're doing is they are using that to take away our Second Amendment rights. And my friends, I think that we also have to ask these people that opine that they care so much about children. They are the same people that are spending millions and millions of tax dollars by funding uh, Planned Planned Parenthood, who is in the abortion business, who is hurting children. Uh, And since since Roe v. Wade, it's been over 60 million children have been aborted here in America. So here we have the little outlier, which is tragic, of children that may have gotten a hold of a firearm and uh, actually hurt themselves. But yet over here, it, there, there's this in industry that is uh, churning out abortions. And these are the same people that support that. And so I'm hoping I'm making a correlation there. And then uh, actually Planned Parenthood's new business is this whole transgender uh, movement where uh, they're providing drugs for kids to you know, um, do the... Uh, Oh, uh, uh, what sex reassignment or whatever. And they're finding again, this is new to find out, but we're seeing that that actually is hurting kids as well. So when the left says that they're standing up for kids, they are actually actually using that so that they can take away everyday hardworking people's constitutional rights. Did I button that up well enough, Steve? Yes, you did. Thank you. We're going to give you a raise. (laughs) Okay. One other thing I just wanted to mention, how are we on time? Uh, I wanted to let you know this is amazing. This is from Breitbart. San Francisco is doling out $16.1 million to provide 262 uh, tents for homeless residents. That works out to $61,450.39 per tent. Steve, as we were doing our pre-call, you said, boy, you should be in the tent business these days, huh? Yeah, we need to investigate what it would take to get into uh, the tent manufacturing business. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's two ways to make money, Steve. And there's uh, one way is to earn it. The other is to steal it. Yeah. This looks like legalized theft to me. So yeah. let's go to break. When we come back, Rob Woodward uh, has two very important pieces of legislation that he wants you to know about that today, and we can help him with that. So we will be right back with Senator Rob Woodward. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lorne Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. 
Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. On the line with me is Colorado Senator Rob Woodward, and uh, he's got a couple of pieces of legislation that uh, you, you asked Steve where where was there some common sense? Well, Senator Rob Woodward is one of the guys with that. Uh, Rob, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for having me. You've got a couple of pieces of legislation that actually are very common sense, and I uh, wanted to let people know about them and then how they can help you. So which one would you like to talk about first? Well, um, why don't we take a look at um, Senate Bill 10, if you want. Okay. Um, but I have There's two pieces of legislation that are coming up tomorrow. Um, that I have put forward. Uh, one of those is uh, an, an act uh, that regards witness uh, signature verification on ballots. And the other is um, called the Small Business Fairness Act. Um, both of those are, are pretty important pieces of legislation, one to um, help our small mom and pops and the others to, to take a step toward making sure we have safe and secure elections here in the state of Colorado. Um, want to talk about? Let's talk about the Small Business Act first. Okay, let's do that because the what I have seen with the whole reaction to the COVID nineteen Wuhan China virus disruption is it was amazing to me that big box stores, big businesses were considered essential, but everyday mom and pops businesses were not. And many of them have been hanging on by a thread. Some of them have closed. It's actually cruel what I've seen happen to our small businesses, Rob. So what what does this uh, Senate Bill 21005 do? Well, um, this is the one where I could really use as much help from your listeners as possible. So if you recall, last uh, April and May in particular, uh, our governor and several local health officials made some decisions about what businesses were essential and which businesses they'd shut down. And, of course, we all had some opinions on on quite a few of those things. You know, how come churches are closed down, but, you know, we're leaving the the pot shops open. Um, Mm -hmm. But this digs a little bit more into the actual operations of the mom and pop, you know, the the standard business. So um, if you recall, during uh, much of those time periods, uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Walmart, all of the big box stores were allowed to remain open. But if you were a small mom and pop who sold appliances, uh, work boots, clothing, um, you know, you name the item, um, you were forced by our governor and by local health departments to shut your doors. 
and many of those are not uh, many of those small businesses are no longer with us. So this business, this bill, from what I understand, it says that if products or services offered uh, are available at a business that was not required to seize or limit operations, the open business is operating in the same geographical area, that they should not have to close either, correct? That is correct. Yeah, so if you, well, that's, uh, you know, you're lo- located in the same town as, as, uh, as Walmart or Lowe's and they're selling um, you know, dishwashers and refrigerators, uh, there's no... There should be no legal way for our governor to shut your business down. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. So, Rob, what do you need people to do? Well, and let me tell you the, the other important piece of it. So, because one of the things that, one of the pieces of criticism, one of the reasons the Democrats have indicated they may try to kill this bill um, is that, well, you know, the small mom and pops, they can't operate as safely as, um, as the big Walmart stores. I've seen just the opposite of that. I've seen, you know, the small mom and pops, they take the extra precautions and they're, you know, they don't tend to fill with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people like I see it, uh, as I saw back at Walmart and Lowe's those days. And I think that those small businesses can actually operate just as safe. So, so Kim, you ask, what can your listeners do? So what I have seen over and over again for a, for a common sense piece of legislation like this is they will make the proclamation that I'm introducing a bill, introducing a solution that's in search of a problem, that this never really happened, uh, there, that there were yeah. no small businesses shut down. So what I need really? from listeners is, is simply um, help me prove that it did happen. So if you were a small business or worked for a small business or know of one, submit some testimony in writing uh, you can appear via Zoom um, to show up um, to provide testimony on Tuesday at 2 o'clock, or even better is showing up in person. It's a lot harder to tell someone in person, hey, you don't exist or I don't believe you, um, because if, if we prove that this problem exists, this is the uh, most logical solution to, to prevent that discrimination. And how can people get the information on on this um, because I know if you've never been down to the state house or done this it's a little daunting so should they just reach out to your office would that be the best way to do that yeah we'd be happy to you know whether it's this piece of legislation or um, you know something else that they that they hear of and they want some help with and they want to understand um, our office would be help happy to help you uh, figure out how to navigate the way to testify it's really it's really not that scary um, and we need more folks to, to pay attention to it because there's not a lot of people right now um, showing up to testify for good bills and against the bad ones. So the easiest way is to email me, Senator Woodward at Gmail. Um, but, you know, legislators come and go, and if you forget that, uh, the governor's or the, the General Assembly website that they can go find every bill that's out there is LEGE, which is L-E-G, colorado.gov okay <clears throat> and if people need uh and and they can actually email me as well but that's senator woodward at gmail.com senator woodward at gmail.com and uh, then we have a couple just a couple of minutes on this other one which again seems like it's common sense we see so much coming from the radical activist regressive democrats to dilute everyday hard-working 
Coloradans and Americans vote. And they do this under the guise of they say they want more people to have access to voting. But there's a civic duty to understand what you're voting on. But also just to make sure that people uh, have the legal right to vote. So tell us quickly about this Senate Bill 21010. Sure. So last fall, before the election took place, I asked my county clerk, what is the easiest and sneakiest way to cast an illegal vote that will be counted? So she told me about a loophole um, and that was confirmed by some other um, secretaries of state uh, last December in a hearing that we heard down at the Capitol. So the easiest way, I'll, I'll tell your listeners, if, if you want to cheat, it doesn't take you know Chinese influence. It doesn't take a Dominion voting machine. All you have to do is find a ballot, you know, say someone moved out of your house and you received somebody else's ballot. You're at the post office, you see one laying in the trash. You work at a nursing home and you, you see a stack of ballots. All you have to do is mark, you've seen the back of the envelope, you just mark an X uh, saying that you can't sign. And then no matter what signature you put on there, you could sign it Mickey Mouse, you could uh, sign it Babe Ruth, and put a stamp on it, throw it in the mail. When the county clerk receives that ballot, they are not allowed to look at uh, the witness signature just to figure out if they're even a real person. There's no witness verification. And they are required to count every single one of those ballots. Do you think this has happened here in Colorado? Um, I am I am told that... Uh, the county clerks don't really have a clue if this happens or not. Um, because they go directly into their uh, system, uh, they don't really even keep track uh, or take a look at, at those ballots. As soon as they see an X uh, from someone who's, um, I mean, it's, it's meant for a good, a good reason, someone who can't no longer sign uh, their ballot, um, but the county clerks don't look at it at all. There's no, there's no way to track how often uh, this has happened. Uh, but now that so it's if public, somebody, yeah. So if somebody's in a situation where it's, I'm thinking of an older person that may not be able to actually sign their ballot, they could put an X there. But obviously, if that was the case, somebody's going to be next to that person helping them, assisting them. I would think they could easily witness that at that time, Rob. Yeah, so so they do have to have a witness sign it, you know, so you do have to have, you know, if it's your, you know, you're in the nursing home and your daughter signs it, you know, that's fine and, and legal and that's the way it's supposed to work. Um, the only thing that my piece of legislation does is it says, hey, witness, you need to fill in your um, address so that we can look at this vote, statewide voter signature database. Oh, I get it. Okay. We can, we okay. can compare your signature to what's on file. You know, so if somebody signs Mickey Mouse um, living in Disneyland or, you know, just an, a fake address, mm -hmm. um, that person will be um, verified. So that ballot, um, we're not going to throw it out, but we're going to throw it into a provisional pile until we can go ask, you know, the voter, hey, did, did Mickey Mouse really sign this? Um, and, you know, so, so we'll, we'll be able to, to help those folks make sure their vote counts. But more than likely, what we're going to catch is a, is a bunch of ballots that were that simply are fraudulently submitted. Our election integrity, Rob, is so important. Thank you for bringing forward this legislation, because if we don't have um, free and fair 
and honest elections. We don't have a country. And so once again, you could probably use people's help in uh, testifying on this or sending an email or a phone call, correct? Yeah. Um, you know, this this one's uh, people probably don't have firsthand testimony um, and, and have witnessed theft and fraud of this sort, and those people probably wouldn't show up anyway. But yeah, reach out to your uh, legislator and say, hey, this is this is one piece of legislation that really needs to be passed. It's, it doesn't look backwards um, at you know any past elections. Uh, it just closes a loophole. My expectation from the secretaries of state's office is that they will oppose this bill. Um, you know, even a common sense piece of legislation that may make uh, the ballots uh, more secure. Uh, they don't want to see that kind of thing. Boy, I tell you what, it's a wild time we're in right now, Senator Rob Woodward. Thank you so much. And if people want more information, that's Senator Woodward, W-O-O-D-W-A-R-D at gmail.com. Rob, thank you so much, and keep us uh, keep us informed on what's happening. Thank you, Kim. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. And uh, Jason McBride, uh, Presidential Wealth Management Senior VP. It gives me hope when I'm talking with Senator Rob Woodward. He's down there at the State House. Looking at at things from common sense, uh, I know that you like that as well. I do. Now, I have a question, though. Let's say that someone was the child of one of these uh, strange new age couples, and they named the child X. And so he just put X on the envelope as his signature, but there was no witness. Would they be confused, and what would they do? <laughs> I'm confused. I'll have to think about that one, Jason McBride. Uh, well, sorry uh, about that. I didn't mean to confuse you, Kim. <laughs> I was just thinking if think somebody it. named their kid X, then that would be their signature. So if they marked <laughs> X on the envelope for their signature, the clerk would think there should be a witness, but there, if there isn't one, that could cause some problems, couldn't it? It could. You and Mr. Steve are talking about outliers today. That's uh, that's not a good thing on a Monday, I, uh, oh, Jason right. McBride. <laughs> we'll save these kind what? of things for Wednesdays from now on. Okay, that that sounds like a deal. I think I saw just something uh, that there was a oil something. Uh, there was an attack this morning, and I think in Saudi Arabia on an oil facility. Oh, that's uh, a surprise. Yeah. So what's what's the futures looking like for today? Well, let's see. Uh, the they're kind of mixed. It looks right like right uh, like right now that the oil futures are not uh, way up. What I can see, they're actually down a tiny bit. So if that happened, it doesn't seem to be having much of an effect, effect. at this point, okay. Kim. Um, okay. uh, you know, as far as the market goes. Uh, Friday was a pretty wild back-and-forth session. Uh, you know, we did end up with pretty good gains. The Dow was up over 500. Uh, NASDAQ gained, I think, about 190. Uh, again, you know, the missing ingredient was volume. I mean, the volume was just slightly lower than the previous trading day. Uh, you know, on a big up day like that, you'd like to see a little bit more punch, but... You know, this could be the start of uh, the market trying to repair itself, especially the NASDAQ. So, again, we'll watch over the next, uh, you know, five to seven trading days and, you know, see if we can get a, a big up day on big volume. But the key is for the markets to hold above the lows that they had on Friday while we're trying to see that happen. 
Okay. And Jason, I've got another question for you. Uh, on the headlines, we're starting to see some reactions to some of these uh, COVID vaccinations. And in fact, the Epic Times has reported that there is an adverse incident report show 966 deaths following the vaccination for COVID-19. And then another one, uh, let's see, is from the Epic Times, that they have three dozen cases of spontaneous miscarriages and stillbirths occurring after COVID-19 vaccinations. Now, I am I am a person who I believe that, that people should have informed consent when it comes to vaccinations. But that means that we also need to know the whole truth, everything that's going on. Do either of these reports, are you seeing anything on the, uh, like, Pfizer or, or Moderna, What their, what's their stocks doing? Do you have those in front of you right now? You know, it's hard to, to tell, Kim. Moderna stock, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it hit a high of about 189 back in the middle of February. I mean, it closed uh, Friday at 132. But, but, you know, it just kind of seemed to me like it was just kind of correcting along with some of the other high flyers. So I don't know if I can uh, say that's attributed to that. Uh, Pfizer stock actually uh, never really did much. I mean, honestly, Kim, uh, Pfizer stock uh, before COVID started, it was about 40 bucks. Uh, the highest it ever got during the whole uh, uh, thing was 43, which was, uh, you know, in mid-December. And then the stock has sold off ever since then. And, I mean, it's sitting at about 34 and a half right now. So, it, I mean, it didn't have much of even a positive reaction uh, to, you know, their vaccine if they have one. And I don't see... Uh, anything the last three days. In fact, it's moved up. Huh. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that because we're starting to see now that people have been getting the vaccines, how they're reacting to it. I actually was supposed to do an interview with somebody the other day and he said, Kim, I... I hope not. I really hope not because he said, I I got my second shot and I have 101 fever, I have chills, I have diarrhea, and I just oh, can't goodness. do the interview right now. So, well, uh, I yes, wonder if certain- they're going to put uh, start putting on death certificates COVID-19 vaccine, the way they put COVID-19 on every other one. I, I don't know. I don't know. where, But uh, stay tuned because we're going to keep an eye on that. Jason McBride, how can people reach you? Hey, sorry, Kim, I blabbed too long. Uh, give me a call, 303 303- <laughs> 694-1600. That's 303-694-1600. Thank you, Jason. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and we will be right back with Andy Berger. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. 
Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. I have on the line with me Andy Berger. I've had her on several times before, and I consider her a friend. She has a remarkable story. And uh, she had sent over something. This is from the stream. This is she's written a new book, The Death of a Predator. And Nelson Mandela, former president of South Africa, said there can be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. And Andy was um, abused and trafficked uh, as a baby up until she was 17 years old. And she has a remarkable story. At the age of five, she actually considered suicide, but she heard this voice and it was God. And he said, um, I actually had written it, had been running in our, our promo this week. He said, this is not the plan I have for you. Suicide is not the answer. And Andy has gone on to help many, many young people, many people, uh, which is just remarkable through her uh, nonprofit, Beulah's Place. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. It's always an honor to be on your show and and to be with your listeners. Well, uh, you've written a book, The Death of a Predator, and uh, I actually read all the information that you sent over And it's a riveting story. Your life story is a riveting story. Andy, what do you want people to know about this today? Well, actually, uh, it's not quite a book yet, but it's in process. (laughs) But thank you. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah, (laughs) we're we're in the works. Uh, But the death of a predator I felt was important to put out there because, one thing, most victims don't live to see their predator die. Uh, And every victim of any uh, abuse, assault, trafficking, the two things that they want is to either see the predator jailed for life or dead. And in my case, you know, my birth mother was the primary sexual predator and the trafficker. Uh, And so when she finally passed at 91 years old, it was just this whole different kind of relief. It was like, finally, that person can never, ever rise up or, you know, send anyone to hurt me or do anything or just any of that kind of stuff. Because no matter how old you become, uh, when you know that person is still out there somewhere, there's always that tiny shadow that follows you, Kim. And so I felt it was important for uh, someone who has been through the whole cycle, you know, from, like you said, birth all the way through to watching this happen. And um, uh, God was just so good to me. And I felt like people needed to hear the other end of the story, that it's okay to say, I'm glad they're dead and not feel like a bad person. Uh, your story is so riveting, Andy, and it's hard for me to imagine the children being trafficked and abused like you went through, but you persevered through this. How how did this happen? How did you make it? A lot of it com- came down to primal choices in the very early years. Basically, if I live, I win, and if I die the bad and evil people win. And so maybe it's because I'm a natural redhead. I don't know. But that fight to just say, I I know I must have a purpose. I'm, I must be valuable to someone somewhere. But then it became just choices every day, the small choices. If I get up and show up, half the battle's over. And if I keep moving, then at some point down, down the road in my life, which is almost six decades now, you know, something will happen. Something good will happen. I, my life will mean something. And so uh, a lot of baby choices. And then I did the counseling and I did the work to do the healing, which is very hard. And I don't blame victims for, you know, choosing other ways to anesthetize their pain because it is difficult. 
But for me, Kim, I had to. I felt like I had this compelling purpose in life to help other kids who were here that needed someone to rally and to to hopefully, you know, rescue and stand up for them. So you and your husband founded Beulah's Place to do that, correct? Yes, we did. That was in and, 2008. Okay. And tell us a bit more about Beulah's Place. Sure. We started Beulah's Place because we saw a need for these kids on the street. And that came about one Thanksgiving when we were serving meals to homeless families, um, singles, kids uh, out of the senior center in our area in Redmond, Oregon. And we saw these young girls who were maybe 17, 18 at best, and they had just had newborn babies and they were living in their cars. And for some reason on that particular day, it just hit us harder than it had, Kim, because all these kids on the street... There was a reason they were on the street, and we, we needed to find out why, because um, cultural judgment, oh, well, they're runaways. Oh, well, you know, they're rebellious. It was the traditional types of things that uh, we've heard maybe throughout our life, but that wasn't the case. They ran to the streets because it was safer than what they were running from. So uh, my husband, Ed, and I figured out, well, if we feed them, then what happens? Where do they go? You know, if we bed them down for a few nights, you know, that doesn't solve the problem. So we eventually created a safe house system where we would rescue the at-risk homeless teens off the streets that wanted that chance, like I did, and help them uh, finish high school, get jobs, and get back into community within a three- to five-month period of time. How many teens have you been able to help? Well, we have housed uh, 43, and we have helped 200-plus minor teens that were not licensed to house. Uh, sometimes the process takes a little longer. So uh, we have one team per house, and the houses are volunteer. And, of course, with COVID uh, last year and a bunch of other things, uh, we only have one safe house now, so we can only take one team at a time. Ooh, that's tragic. Uh, it is. That it's hugely <laughs> tragic. So that means that these kids are on the street instead of being helped. That's right. So what we do is uh, some of them are living in cars on and off, and they're working. These are not lazy kids, the ones that we help. Uh, they're just trying to get by. They're trying to make it uh, on the street. So we help them in uh, in cars. We help them on couches. Whenever they find a couch, we'll pay for someone, you know, to rent a couch just to keep them inside. And then uh, we do have a couple small motels that will help us out occasionally, like during the holidays. We housed a lot of uh, teens so that they didn't have to be on the streets you know, for Christmas or New Year's where it could be more dangerous for them. Okay. How can people get more information about Beulah's Place? They can go to beulahsplace.org, B-E-U-L-A-H-S place.org. We have helplines and hotlines on there, ways to donate. All the dollars go directly to the programs for the kids and their housing. So beulahsplace.org has a lot of information that they can go to. Okay. And when will your book, The Death of a Predator, be available do you know yet i don't know yet we're still working on that um but i will keep you will be the first to know when i do <laughs> okay <laughs> you okay. and your listeners just a few of our dear friends <laughs> uh, th or, or, uh andy thank you now what i would like to do is go to break when we come back a couple of things uh donald trump did so much to stand in the gap against trafficking. And I don't think that people really understand that. And then I want to, I know that it's not your specialty, but just kind of get your 
30,000 foot view regarding what's happening down at the uh, border as well. So let's go to break. We'll be right back with Andy Berger. Controlling your own destiny. There are a lot of unknowns on the horizon with the new administration. Predovich and Company is here to help trusted professionals for all your bookkeeping, tax planning, and accounting needs. Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company. They've been helping her for years. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company works with clients from anywhere in the United States. Give them a call at 303-791-3000 to put Predovich and Company to work for you. Call 303-791-3000 today. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute, to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. On the line with me is my friend, Andy Berger. We've not met in person, but uh, I think our hearts connect, Andy. And it's just always really great to have you on the show. You are such a such an inspiration. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Donald Trump. Uh, he did a lot to stand in the gap, to stand against this uh, child trafficking. Um, certainly what he had done down at the border, I think, really helped save a lot of children. But Let's talk about that, because I never felt he got the credit for what he had done from a public policy standpoint to stand for children against this uh, human and sex trafficking. What's your thoughts on that, Andy? Well, Kim, I agree with that. I don't think a lot of people know that uh, the day, even before he celebrated his inauguration, he went to his desk and signed legislation. There were nine pieces total in a period of three and a half years that he signed for anti-trafficking measures, for protection of children, you know, to do the best that he could do. And it's still ongoing, actually, a lot of things like the U.S. Marshals. We hear a lot of stories, very briefly, you know, of the kids that they're finding. And that that was... uh, due to his his tenacity in trying to have better laws go after predators they captured more sexual predators i think in that period of time than any other administration so we we really miss that advocate uh from the white house and you're right uh, a lot of people do not know all the things that he did uh to help and even on the border uh you hear all the things that um you know, sound bad, <laughs> but you don't hear about all the good. And his heart was in the right place to make sure children were protected all over the United States. And the ones that were getting trapped or lost or, or disenfranchised at the border, what people don't understand is most of those kids were not attached to a parent. They did not have a family member. They were with a predator. They were with somebody that maybe a family member sold them to. And I have a counterpart on the border uh, that that rescues those kids that are caught in the crosshairs. And now we have an even greater problem with this current administration. So this current administration, I think, in some ways has couched this as uh, these are kids that are coming to America for, quote-unquote, that better life, you know, that 
that whole narrative that we have that people come to America for a better life. But let's really think about this. This is, as you mentioned, kids not coming with parents. And as a parent, to actually let a child travel with someone that you don't know to a country, to another country, I don't see that as very compassionate. I see there's big danger in that. Uh, Andy, your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I agree with you. I'm not sure. Even in our country, even in the United States, sending your child with someone you don't really know uh, is dangerous. When they go to sports events, and we've seen it in universities, you know, you have to vet it out. And here's the question, Kim, who is vetting all of this traffic coming over, all of these kids? How did all of these kids, like you said, uh, get here? And where is the adult that was supposed to be uh, guarding them, taking care of them, protecting them? It is not their fault. You know, they did not decide, well, I don't think I'll finish first grade because I want to go to America by myself. And so, again, Who's doing the vetting of the adults that may be connected to them? And instead of sending out a panic that, oh, we're separating these kids from their parents, we don't know that. We don't even know if they've been tested for COVID. We don't know what the origin is. We just know that there's this massive migration, you know, to our borders. And now, you know, the government's trying to figure out how do we handle this influx, which is uh, I think there's like over 7,000 unaccompanied children that uh, – exceeds what our 2019 numbers were of around 5,000. And so now we have to find places and the government's trying to figure out if they can use a military base, you know, to house these migrant children. So there's all, there are all these things, but again, it comes down to who is managing this? How are we doing a checks and balance? Where are all these kids from? And if they're being trafficked or they, someone was paid to bring them over, which is more likely, you know, with those kind of numbers, you're going to have a mixture of that. Then where is the person being paid and why aren't they being prosecuted? Well, <clears throat> speaking of the border, Andy, I was at a meeting. This would have been probably early 2016 it was i think it was before donald trump had been elected and i was in texas and i was at a meeting and um somebody said have you heard of the rape trees down at the border and i i had not and uh in, in essence i guess that these um bad guys actually would put underwear and women's purses of of women that they had raped on trees along the border. And it was very prevalent down there. So this narrative that it is compassionate, what's happening down at the border is not true whatsoever, Andy. No, it is not compassionate. Again, we are using, uh, we are using human life for profit, for gain, for savagery, really, in my opinion, because that's what it is. And there, there are only really a few things you can do about that. But at this point, uh, they just uh, this administration basically dismantled the office that was set up, you know, between DHS and the federal government before President Trump left, you know, and who is who at the top is going to fight for these kids and fight for the rights of these little humans, these innocents, you know, that are being hurt and the victims, like you said, of the rape trees. Uh, we have a lot of walking wounded, Kim, and it's just growing exponentially because we have no one who is at the top saying, look, we need to get a handle on this. We need to help people or we need to, you know, do something that will safeguard this from happening. It is nothing to be proud of when you rape and, and you, you savagely violate another human being. And by not doing something, we're essentially saying as a country, hey, yeah, go ahead, have at it. It's okay. 
So what do we do, Andy? Your story is a remarkable one. And as you were talking, I'm thinking the evil that you have witnessed in your life, you still are a woman of great faith. So what do we do about this, Andy? Well, uh, as you know, in my life, you know, God always has a plan, whether we see it or not. But in the day-to-day for, you know, listeners out there, first of all, when we allow our children to be sold or used as a commodity or to be, you know, neglected or discarded, any child, whether they get here on their own or, you know, they're here organically, there's nothing civilized about that. We should be standing up as a nation screaming for better uh, legislation, for better um Standards because the, the 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 law says that a predator should get at least twenty years. I don't know any predator that I have worked have known about through my kids or anywhere else that ever got twenty years. You hear it all the time. They got released or you know they're on house arrest. You know even Jeffrey Epstein had house arrest. That's just unconscionable. So if we capture a predator, they're done. They should be locked up for life. That's it. They've lost all rights because they've taken the rights away. So that needs to be enforced. I actually know district attorneys who don't believe trafficking exists if they don't prosecute a case that, you know, somehow it's, you know, an illusion. That's horrible. So we need to definitely uh, bear down on the penalties. And then also, you know, in, in, in my life, I wish there had been a wall or a border, you know, in some places of my life. Even though I grew up in Southern California, the, why I'm saying that, Kim, is because we put uh, fences around our homes that we protect. We put things in storage units that are important to us, but we will not stop and say, look, this is too much. We have to find a better way to uh, manage uh, the kids that we have and then also create a way to work with other countries that are having the problem, which is what I try to do uh, with our, our Mexico counterparts. We're all concerned about this, but without leadership, true leadership, this is going to continue. Uh, This is bringing up another question, and I realize we only have two minutes left, so it may not be something we can really talk about. But that is, is we've had a sex education curriculum out here in Colorado that was passed that is introducing to young kids things that they would not otherwise be thinking about. And I consider it somewhat of grooming, and that's happening in our schools. Um, Yes. How, this could be another conversation. Can you comment on that very quickly, Andy? Very quickly, that is absolutely true. Uh, we are running amok in terms of educating uh, our kids about their right things. And I will tell you, a 5, 6, 10-year-old, they're not looking for sex. They're not looking for relationships that way. It is the adults that are trying to push agenda uh, down our kids, desensitize their value, and continue to commoditize them. And that's basically what's happening with that agenda. And that should be removed immediately. I mean, we give them drug education, sex education, but we have no control of that. But the agenda they're pushing takes the right away from any parent to help that child stay a child until the appropriate age-appropriate time to have those conversations and to, to help them understand that uh, you know, stranger danger, all of that stuff is very true, especially now. Well, and Andy, your quote at the beginning of uh, this information that you sent over regarding Nelson Mandela, there can be no keener revelation of a society sold in the way it, tr- it treats its children. Andy, thank you so much. Let's stay in touch. We have really important work to do. Absolutely. And thank you for being part of that work, Kim. So appreciate you and your listeners for helping to get this message out. Well, let us know when the book is published. And uh, yes, we have a lot more to talk about. Andy Berger, thank you so much. And our quote for today is from Barbara DeAngelis. 
We don't develop courage by being happy every day. We develop it by surviving difficult times and challenging adversity. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell.